0: Ooh, there it goes. Alright. It's been a while, but welcome back to the. I think this is the fifth episode of The Dark Side with Dio uh, Tricio. Um, tonight. <laughs> tonight. <laughs> I'm pretty freaking happy because I haven't done this in a while. I've been feeling really low, trying to get some shit together in my life. Um, kind of got inspired by an old friend to start doing this again. Uh, but tonight I got a guest, so I'm really happy about that. Uh, she's a really interesting person. That's kind of where I want the focus of the show to go from here on out. It's just me interviewing like really interesting people that I have in my life, and I'm not just talking about like you know your. F- yes, a lot of these people are my friends, but I actually do know some really cool fucking people. So tonight we're starting with my friend. Who is a teacher and a published author? So I really think that's cool because someone who follows their passions, like in life, is someone who I feel like everybody should be looking up to because not everyone does that. A lot of people settle for what's less, and it's harder to go out and like do what you want to, even though people may think it's silly or laugh. Like you, per- perseverance is something that I feel is really. Rare these days a lot of people just like to get comfortable in their situation, so going for something that takes like more work for a payoff you might not see uh immediately or ever, is I feel like makes a really big difference in people's uh personas and what they have to offer. So without further ado, um real name or <laughs> Fake name?
1: We'll just use her uh my real name I guess. Okay. Let's hope I don't get fired.
0: Let's hope she doesn't get fired, ladies and gentlemen. Here
1: we I'm here go. tonight with
0: Deidre Cicada. Did I say that right? Skata.
1: Like a skater. Skata. Skata. I was
0: thinking of cicada like the bug. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know. You know, even my students Deidre would be Skada. like, it's Cicada. It's Skada. Yeah.
0: That's so funny. That's cool. <laughs> well, Deidra, welcome to the show. Thank you for agreeing to do this. I had to make you dinner so that you would agree to do this, but I feel like <laughs> it's a good payoff. Hey, man. I
1: mean, I I probably would have done it without dinner, but dinner was definitely a perk.
0: It was. I love
1: me some pasta, so.
0: It was. We just had uh, some chicken alfredo with some uh, Italian sausage ravioli because I was feeling cookie-ish tonight. I don't know. I just wanted to make dinner for a friend, so... We just had some, and uh, now I'm sipping some wine. DJ is sipping some Moscato, and I also have a Sierra Mist in my hand. Um, I just got off a, do, uh, off a set for two days, so if I sound jet-lagged, there's a reason for that. I went almost two days without sleeping. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I mean, you remember what it's like yeah, to work on set.
1: I, I. It's really hard. Like, you're working 18-hour days sometimes, they, and then you get home, like, and you're so exhausted, but... The next day, you're like, I want to get back out there. I got to get well, back
0: at it. it. It was weird because both of these shots started at night. So call time was... Fu- so, so for anyone who doesn't know, a little back history. Uh, I've known Deidre for a few years now. Um, she went to uh, the high school across the street from my high school. Uh, both went to really small high schools. And so we both understand that culture. And uh, I've known her since... She- I think you were 17?
1: 16.
0: 16? Mm-hmm. How old was I? 18, just like 2 years older than you.
1: Yeah.
0: Um So yeah, we've known each other for a minute. Um we kind of first bonded by uh, working on a film together uh here in San Antonio. We uh l- were working under a local director. <laughs> <laughs> and uh bonded through that experience and so I have stuck with that scene um over the years uh I was the first art director on that feature length and on this short film I was the first uh sorry first assistant to the art department and um and on this uh, fee- uh short film I was the first AA again. Um but yeah I hadn't done that in a minute man. I hadn't been on set in a in a few years and on set like that where it's like uh god I really want to stop saying that. Um that word. Uh <laughs> It was really like jumping back into it again But I don't think I was prepared for it to be so intense
1: It's been a long time
0: Yeah, and both of them turned into almost 12 hour days uh, Even though call time was 5 o'clock at night I think the second day we got out The second day was Sunday And so Sunday, Monday morning I had to clock in at 8 in the morning I left set at 5 yeah. So I didn't go to sleep. There was what, 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 what fucking point would there be to going to bed and then for two hours to wake up? Like I just be, I just stayed up and watched movies and then I was like, all right, right. and then when I clocked out at five, I went to bed and slept until seven o'clock the next morning, where I had to wake up and clock back in for work.
1: Yeah, and
0: I, I was very like, is this the twilight zone?
1: Yeah, I've, it's been a long time since I've been on set too. I think the last time was when we were in Turville.
0: So almost, was so almost?
1: Yeah.
0: My last time was a music video. Mm. Excuse me, y'all. I'm taking a drink. <laughs> I'm a Sierra Mist.
1: Sierra
0: Mist. Um, but yeah, I I wanted I wanted you to be one of my guests because, like I said, I admire your. Tenacity, to a certain extent—that's what I want to call it. Um, well,
1: thank you. I appreciate
0: that. Others would call it stubbornness or determination. I'm, I'm here
1: for all
0: of those. you're here for all the labels, yes. Uh, yeah, let's talk about it. You are an author, man, which is really cool. That's something I—I I don't know. That sounds so cool, but but what is because you have something published, you have something written. Mm-hmm. Um maybe for other people it's whatever but for I guess for creatives that's something everyone all, all, always aspires to be to have something that they put out into the world that comes from like a reflection of their soul or whatever mm-hmm. to be on some type of platform. So what did that mean for you to to w- what was that? What was the start of of you know what I'm going to make a book. I'm going to write a book.
1: So I've been writing for a really long time, um, like, really long, like, my my grandma still has copies of, like, stupid, uh, technically, now I know it's fan fiction, but at the time, I was, like, six years old, writing about Legally Blonde, (laughs) so, like, it's kind of evolved from there, that was the last time I wrote fan fiction, so, um, yeah, I just, I've, it's always been something that I've been drawn to, storytelling. It's interesting cuz I'm not a good storyteller like like orally. I can't just sit here and tell you a story, but I can write one. And so that's the that's where I've been drawn. Opposite. <laughs> yeah, you you guys like there. your family can can spin a story off the top of your head just I and I, I have to I have to sit there and think about it and write it and edit what I have. Oh, and, and it stuff. can be
0: convoluted 100% fake yes. from beginning to end. Yes but have all the meat from beginning, middle, to end. Yeah, you
1: wouldn't be able to tell.
0: But just can't translate that down onto paper. (laughs) Yeah, so... It takes so long for my brother to write.
1: (laughs) I know. Um, He's always asking me for for help, too, and I'm just so busy all the time. I feel bad. Um, So, yeah, I... I wrote a lot when I was in high school, especially I was on... A little a little site called uh, Wattpad or Wattpad people say it different ways and I published um, like chapter by chapter a few stories um,
0: hi Cass hi we're Cass. joined in the studio with Deidre's cat, cat
1: Cass Uh appropriately after a book character um, so it, once I got into college though I had no time like no time at all to write, I was so swamped, but I, I really like missed it, and I missed reading too, I was really craving like a very specific subgenre of fantasy that I couldn't find anywhere at the time, now it's more popular, and so at the time I was like, well, you know what, I'm just gonna write myself, write it myself, and so that's where it started, Never in a million years did I think, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this book and I'm going to publish it. No. It just started as I wanted to get this story out of my head and onto the paper, or in this case, the computer document. <laughs> um, and it, it went from there. And it took me two years in between school and work and all how of many, that. How but... many
0: times did you want to quit?
1: Oh, like every other day. How Sometimes, many times did you quit? To be quite honest with you, there were a lot of... That's why it took so long. Is because there were, there were, there there would be months that Where I wouldn't write. Where you just like, fuck this. Yeah. That I wouldn't even look at it. Um, which is why I'm so grateful that I'm kind And what of, like, would
0: keep bringing you back?
1: Isla, which is the main character. Alright. She wouldn't, she wouldn't so leave your me So de- your
0: devotion to your characters?
1: Yeah. She was like, in my head. She was like, hello. I'm finish here. me. Finish. finish me. Exactly. And so I'm very happy that I'm one of those, that I'm a a planner. There's something called planners and pantsers. (laughs) Planners, you plan it out, you outline. Call me
0: boy pantser right here.
1: (laughs) Pantsers fly by the seat of their pants and they just write, they just go for it. dude.
0: Well, that's a lot like Ernest Hemingway. He would just get trashed and then he would write. and, And
1: for me, the idea of writing a story like that, gives me so much anxiety but, but that, so, that's
0: Stephen King too like Stephen King's admitted in interviews that he would get drink do coke and just <laughs> he would be, He there's a lot of stories he doesn't remember writing because he was in like a few and then there's other people who are just they need to sit by the creek <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: you know I'm definitely not you know I'm you know me I'm very straight edge <laughs> um, the most I'll do is I'll have a few drinks every now and then uh, and so that's definitely not my go to so, method, but well, I do. what would you what would an you outline. say to
0: to first time riders who 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 are in that who have like are are already passed their first or are, are or they're in their first quit, like they're in their first just you know what I'm walking away from this project it's too much I'm not gonna get it off the ground.
1: I would say to, I think taking breaks is good. I think if I had tried to force it, it I I would not have been happy with the outcome. And so I think taking those breaks, even though they were long, and even though they may have been longer than they should have been, um, it did give me the time, like mentally, to just like pause and breathe, and then come back to the story refreshed. So as long as you don't say, "Okay, I'm done," like forever with it. If you leave that door open, I think naturally
0: you're going to want to walk back through. Yes,
1: exactly. And for me, what helped in between those long breaks is that I did have an outline, because I outlined chapter by chapter the main points that I want to, to happen, and then I connect the connect the dots as I go. You know what I mean? As I planner. Yeah, and so if I were a panther. I think it would be much harder to take those long breaks because i would forget what direction i had wanted the story to go in and so i think if you are needing a break if you do find yourself in need of some kind of you know just to step away from it i think at least jotting down the direction that you're hoping to take it and then leaving it just so that you don't come back to it and you're like what was i what was i writing what was i gonna do with this because I think that's... When I was younger, I did not outline. And so I have so many projects that because of school and all of that, they got stopped. And now I'm like, I can't I can't revisit them because I really don't remember where I was going with them.
0: So what, what also would you tell any type of writers that they... Or people who believe that they want to write now or they have a story to tell but they're not accustomed to... I guess to the uh, the act of writing, there uh, someone who says, you know what, I have a story that I want to tell, but I've never written really written anything before, and even at that, say they're not even a great writing student, but someone who who has this conviction of I want to tell a story, I want to write this story, but they're not someone who's that great at writing.
1: I I guess there's a few things you could do, and this is kind of coming from like a teacher perspective more so rather than a writing perspective, is that um maybe try your hand at saying it verbally record yourself just telling the story aloud the way that you would normally talk and then listen to that and see okay how would i how would i write what i just said or could i could i say it better um i think that that could help with that disconnect between your thoughts and what you get down on the paper um I don't know. I think that another thing is just, like, just go for it. Even if you don't think you're the, the greatest writer, that's what editing and revising is for. You, yeah. You have to at least get something down. I tell my, my kids that all the time. Get something on the paper. It doesn't have to be amazing. It doesn't even have to be good. It just
0: has to be the start.
1: Exactly. It just has to be there so you can come back to it, figure out what you like, what you don't like about it. Change change it where it needs to be, keep it the same, where it's good, and go from there. But if you don't even take those first steps, it's never going to happen.
0: Me and writing have always had this really weird uh, relationship where when I was younger, it just always came very easy to me. Essay writing, because it was so outlined, because it was so formulated, it became second nature to me at, at a certain point. And even to the point where it became like fun be- Because it's like how well can I do on this essay Following these certain guidelines And fitting in as much as I want to say they're, they're, I, I don't know if I've ever told you this story But we had a hard ass our senior year For our English teacher um, He was a really cool dude i do jujitsu with him Uh uh
1: like friends with our understand. Well,
0: this is years later. I didn't know he was going to the same jujitsu <laughs> gym, but I went in to sign up. I was like, oh, shit, there you are.
1: Oh, so um, I'm worse than you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I there, like,
0: the next day. <laughs> um, no, no. Uh, so, he was kind of a hard-ass, and at this point in time, we were reading Hamlet, which, uh, if, if you don't have a big exposure to a lot of literature, and you get really bogged down in Shakespeare at a young age, you get really <laughs> limited to what well writing <laughs> actually I is I hate Hamlet <laughs> let me just
1: say I hate Shakespeare like you know as a principal <laughs> I can't stand Shakespeare on any level really but Hamlet is you can hate him all
0: you want but he's the reason why modern literature blew up now, I, I, and I, I, I'm not I, saying I say, that's
1: not true yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah but I it's also okay not to
0: be a fan history. yeah
1: Like, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of his stories are the same, but with twists here and there that make them seem very different.
0: Definitely. But
1: Hamlet, I just, I had to read it twice when I was in college. I didn't get much Shakespeare-like exposure when I was in high school, but I had... We got a
0: lot of exposure to Shakespeare in high school. I had
1: more than I wanted when I was in college. (laughs) My... English Literature class. I know. (laughs) part, Part of my degree plan was to actually take a full semester of Shakespeare... Intersectional Shakespeare.
0: I didn't have to take Shakespeare, but we did have to take um, Victorian era uh, Old English literature. No, 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 that the teacher was from Barbados, and she was the most like she would write buyaka on our papers when we we got like <laughs> an, above a ninety. She would write buyaka right. on our papers. She brought in like rice and beans and meat on her last day. Our fucking final was to watch uh, Queen Elizabeth.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, she was. This was at A and M.
1: This is at A and M, bro. Interesting. <laughs> you no, know, I had
0: awesome, dude. She was my favorite teacher, and not because she was Wait, like was that, but because uh, what was her name? Because
1: uh, I had a teacher who was... old
0: uh, uh, African American woman yes. with glasses.
1: Yes. Yes! I hated her. Oh,
0: <laughs> fuck you! She was awesome! No,
1: I just, I took... um. Because oh she God, actually wish...
0: taught stuff, too.
1: I took... It was like a bunch of, like... We read The Fairy Queen. We read Did a you... lot of, like, Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. But I like that shit. I don't know why I like that shit.
1: I don't know. I just
0: couldn't stand it's, it's her very class. Yeah, yeah, she no, was it, very it, nice. Nothing no,
1: against no. her. No, no, but-
0: and it had to do with the the, uh, the the court. It was very heavy about like how the old, old English royal court conducted itself and how yes. that played. But but her, if you paid attention, the point of it was how did the 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 actions of the court, how did their doings affect the literature around them? It took me a long time to get to the I fact that, like, remember. oh fuck, like there's actually a correlation between the writing at the time and what's actually happening in the English government. L- l- like, they they made they made the Gothic era of literature because it was so depressing to be alive. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I mean, I don't remember exactly which class I was taking with her, but the the like. No, you syllabus. just said the Fairy
0: Queen. We read, we read, we read. The, we yeah. had, we took the same fucking class.
1: I mean, the syllabus. Sounded like I was so excited for that class, man. Was I was like, too,
0: and guess what? It was still an awesome class. So much class. about
1: like um, the dynamics between like um, gender and and like sexual expression and all kinds of like really cool stuff that I was interested to see from that era. And then we didn't actually talk about any of that. Really, we, just we talked did about, about old white guys. And she was always saying how. She hated that these were the men who created, like, canonical... Or who are considered canonical writers of the time. And how other people should be considered that. And I'm like, well, what other people? You're the expert in this field. Tell me. Show me. Please, introduce me to these other people. But we Did you weren't. say that or
0: did you keep that in your head?
1: I kept it in yeah, my head. Yeah, fuck
0: you. <laughs>
1: I mean, but, it was but. something that was, like, said in passing during classes but we never actually like got into it yeah so i think if we had talked about it more i, I definitely would have said something if it had been like a point of conversation rather yeah. than just a, a thought that she and had i feel like sometimes when you're, when
0: you're teaching the same subject over and over again you can get bogged down in like the formula of curriculum and not expand sometimes on your own thoughts Yeah, and
1: i'm sure that she was required to teach certain things just like Hard to teach yeah, yeah. Certain things, but but that's so anyway. weird. We took
0: the same class. I loved it. I had a great time in that class. Oh, she man. loved me too.
1: I don't know. I sat front row every day.
0: Dude, she knew know. my name. Like she was really she knew
1: everyone's name. Yeah, she was she, very she personable. She would bring
0: chocolates to class and everything. She'd always. No, she wouldn't do that. Dude, she'd always bring us treats. Um, and sometimes we would have like, it, but but that's. The really cool thing that she she that was a weird thought that I never really had before was how uh governments can affect like expressional writing happening or uh, like, like in their in their people
1: oh definitely like
0: like they change
1: you'll you'll see that everywhere and throughout all time like that's
0: yeah like the direct correlation or even indirect correlation. That it has on on people's, like, how they interact with each other, interact linguistically, and interact through story.
1: And that's probably one of my favorite things about just, like, English literature classes in college in general is the critical thinking skills that you have to use in order to find those correlations. Because they're not always obvious. Some of them are, like, bam, very obvious. Oh, my God, who's that?
0: And then you open up a Jack London short story, and you're just. Henry
1: Th- What's his name? Thoreau. Henry David. I don't remember his first two, his first two names. Mm-hmm. He's always like you can tell very, immediately that it's political. But there's a lot of times that you have to dig, for. For things like that, and so I that was one of my favorite parts about, all of my English classes was, the digging.
0: We had a. Uh english teacher my junior year um some people have their own opinion about him but i i dug the dude uh but when i i had him for my regular english class he was also my homeroom teacher and then he taught creative writing and for whatever reason i wish i could get my hand on the book that he and you know i have i take jujitsu with this dude too <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get back to that story too. Like that, what? The Hamlet teacher. Oh fuck me. So we'll get all the way back to that. So he was a hard ass. We were doing Hamlet. We were having to write uh, papers on Hamlet. Um, I can't remember if they were like an analytical paper or you know take this apart. But it was had to be an essay on Hamlet, and the title could not include Hamlet. Okay. And so I still fucked around. And he was just kind of, you know that thing teachers do where they're walking around the class, watching you work. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird, like, like bird's eye view. That's just a weird thing to look down on to see a grown-ass man overheading a bunch <laughs> of teenagers. And me being me, I wrote Hamlet, the original Wu-Tang Clan member. <laughs> <laughs> Wrote that down as my title. And, and this dude is like ex former military, really a straight edge guy, taught at Catholic school before he came to, to our charter school. And so he just kind of sits down with me and he goes, Hey man, you know what? If you can write that essay, I'll pay you. And I went, What? And he's like, If you can write an essay that supports that uh, uh, title, I will pay you money <laughs> and I said how much he, would, he was like how much you, how well you make it and so I wrote a, a four or five page paper on how Hamlet uh, represented the 1990s New York rap group Wu-Tang Clan <laughs> from Staten Island God. and I literally it, it's, it's the day I realized I, I can do this well because I made an argument for it. And I, and I that, actually made that direct was quite correlations. The to make. It really wasn't that hard. They're, they're, they're both very, they're both people in impossible situations expected to lose. That's what everybody from the Wu Tang clan was a bunch of poor, minority kids who were either going to end up shot or in jail. Hamlet was a spoiled prince who several times his adversaries thought they got the better of him. Several times, and he did not give up until his bitter end. So I just made the correlation that Hamlet was an outcast, the Wu-Tang Clan was a band of outcasts, and they, through, through their adversity, through the things they lost, and the environments that shaped them, they became the legends that they are today. I've, yeah, bro, I went in deep. I went Whenever in we deep. Read him
1: I tried as hard as I could to not write about him because he annoyed, he annoyed me so much.
0: But it's because he's, he's the main so character. Like, William Shakespeare made himself the main character so, of every fucking story he told.
1: I'm, honestly. Like, I just... He's like a 36-year-old man. <laughs> who dresses in all black, who walks around with skulls simply to, to like... Uh, make other it's people uneasy. Persona,
0: bro. It's, his, it's his persona bro he just reminds me chic. of
1: like it's just like uh, I don't know like scene kids
0: but a when scene we were, man but a scene <laughs>
1: adult which is
0: even worse like
1: they this like I don't know so I can not manager of Hot him. Topic so funny, <laughs> he would be the manager of Hot oh my god I can't even so no so, anytime I did have to write about Hamlet, I focused on Ophelia. She was my favorite character.
0: Everyone fucking did. I never and gave a fuck about here's Ophelia. Here's my thing.
1: Like, the, I actually, like, I wrote, like, a 21-page essay about Ophelia during my senior seminar. Um, about the the, like, the references of nature used in yeah. relation to her. And, like, how her family uses it to, like infantilize her, and... Yeah, it was... Basically,
0: fuck up her head.
1: Yeah. Poor thing. I don't know. So, it was... I don't know. I just really... I also had to read a um, a poem written by um, this guy, Innocencio something. I don't remember his last name, but... Uh, it wasn't a poem. I'm sorry. It was a play. Based on her, but instead of Ophelia... It was a um, a gay college student um, wow. who had been assaulted, and who was going to Planned Parenthood to get tested for STDs. Fuck. Yeah, and it was based on Ophelia, and so I even got to interview him over the phone about his play and how it related to to her and how he used nature in it, and so that was probably one of my favorite. ...things that I had to write about despite the fact that I had to muddle through all of those scenes with Hamlet.
0: <laughs> but either way, he ended up paying me 50 bucks.
1: That's which
0: cool. Yeah, yeah. And I used it for Valentine's Day, I think, with my girlfriend at the time. Oh, but either way, cool. I thought that was really cool. He even gave it to one of the other teachers there to read, and he was like, Whoa, you wasted your time doing this? I was like, he fucking challenged me. He said, write a paper to fit that title... And I went, you're on.
1: You know, and sometimes with certain students, that's what, that's what you have to do. You have to pretend like you don't think they can do something to get them to do it.
0: That really is me, And then, though. like, it really, but, but like, you, it's kind of backwards. You know a little bit of my family, but, though. We're not, uh, where I shine, where I fucking excel is pushed in a corner. I don't necessarily like that, but I do know that is where I excel, I excel, backed into a corner, and everything's stacked up against me.
1: Yeah, and so like from other a people excel, planned out. I, I never like actually look at a kid like they can't do this, but sometimes I have to like challenge them in that way. So you that they have to play the to end, their
0: mentality.
1: Exactly. So that the, at the end, we've gone they're so
0: like, long and haven't even mentioned the fact that you're. Well, we mentioned it, but we haven't talked about you being a teacher I know. whatsoever.
1: It's all right. It's all right. We're here now.
0: That is, well, well, like, continue. What are okay. you were saying?
1: So, like you said, you have to play to their mentality, and so at the end, when they do succeed and they are able to, I'm like, see, was how was that so hard? And they're like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I knew you could do it the entire time. You weirdo, just do it. You can. Like, I think
0: that was less with me and this dude. It was more of me and my cockiness <laughs> and him like. Alright, let's see if you can do it. Or it could have been the other one. Sorry, guys, I've had a little bit of wine, so I'm hiccuping over here. Oh my gosh. Okay, we are, you know what? we well, fuck it. We'll go a little bit more in. Deidre is also a teacher. Um, and I thought that was really interesting, too, because I feel like that job just got that much more. I mean, I already. Oh, man, the idea of being an educator in the United States is a wild one. Uh, under regular circumstances, and now you are one during the most uh, eventful and memorable, crazy time that we're ever gonna see in our generation. You're, you're you're a teacher in a pandemic.
1: Yeah, and you know what's like. So last year was my first year, right? And uh-huh. then in the middle of the so you're a second semester, year teacher. Yeah. So that's. You know, like, you never think, oh, yeah, my first year is going to end because of a pandemic. It's going to be thrown off the rails. But, you know, I feel like that's really on brand for me. (laughs) Nothing just goes smoothly, you know, so I was not really all that surprised.
0: That just something came in and fucked up your whole year.
1: Yes. I didn't even get to say goodbye to my kids. Like, I was so bummed.
0: And you teach ten-year-olds, twelve-year-olds. Yeah,
1: so I teach fifth, so they're generally about ten, 10 or eleven. Ten or eleven, and 9 then to 11-ish. maybe if they got held back in early elementary, they're like twelve.
0: And so, I would imagine wrangling those kids up together in class is a hard enough ordeal, and now you're having to do it with. I I feel like it's beating a dead horse, like like. So many parents are going through it right now Where they're attempting to get their kids Just to go to school On on this And so this is something I wanted to ask and I, and I didn't ask it while we were Talking about this earlier And, I, and I'm, I'm not saying I, I don't know dick bro I'm not an educator I'm not a fucking anything that has to do with school But this is just an, a thought I had This whole school for everyone thing Is It's pretty fucking new this whole ideology Of everybody goes to school Is If we're thinking about The grand scheme of history Yeah like
1: even that's our That's a
0: pretty revolutionary idea. Yeah some of our grandparents They don't go to fucking school So it's a pretty revolutionary idea That you know what All you fucks Gotta get educated As an educator What do you Do you think Or, 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 or What's your opinion If they came out And said you know what For a year no one, None of you fucks go I'm not talking. I'm not talking. I don't want the opinion of like the effect it would have on on like parents who are trying to get by already. I'm just talking about from an educational standpoint. What do you think the real effect would be if, if the government just came and said, "You know what? It is such a fucking risk. Just for one year, everybody, sit the
1: fuck down." I think to, there's a few things that that would happen in that situation. One, so the statistics are that, um, especially students who come from low-income families and live in low-income neighborhoods, by the time they're in the ninth grade, just from summers alone, they have lost anywhere from three to four years of their education, of the memory of what they've learned. Students in, uh, like, higher-income neighborhoods and from higher-income families, it's anywhere from like one to two years that they lose. If they were really to sit out for a whole year, I really do think that it would it would push them back so far that they couldn't even start from where they left off. They would have to backtrack. So and I think the, that the for result students, of it would
0: be would,
1: okay. I think for students, it would affect their um, self esteem because they have enough. They have enough. No, like, they be the pandemic kids,
0: about that. like whoever didn't have to get held back the year before, or or for whatever. Even when shit starts back up, uh, yeah, there there there's gonna be this. It, there would be this weird. Well, no, I think I think that's what this type of schooling is creating because of uh, you said like so many kids aren't doing their work already.
1: Yeah, what's a diff- what's the difference
0: there, between them just not? There's going?
1: definitely. Uh, there's definitely like. A gap that is already forming. Um, but at least, at the very least, they have some access to it. If they, if they, like.
0: And the grand scheme the- of it is kind of is just the lesser of two evils, because because one option is okay, fuck it, no school. But then I'm gonna be honest, that's not that's not the thought I had with it of of them not going puts sets them back x amount of years more mm-hmm. it's not just that one twelve months that they're going to miss out they're yes. going to miss out on what they're gonna learn and what they, they have, have learned exactly. because as it goes on what what they have learned gets used in the years to come but with them missing out a full 12 months or a full nine mm-hmm. months um it could be detrimental
1: it really could and another thing is that so much of what kids gain from school is about um mental health and i know that on some level school can be harsh on their mental health but for many students it's a reprieve from what they experience at home this is where they get some kids get their the only meals that they're going to have at all this is where uh students who come from um abusive homes get some sort of break from the reality of what they experience every day and even even if they are at home at least during those eight hours that they're on Zoom with their teachers, if they are in an environment like that, that's volatile or things like that, they're at least going to be left alone for that amount of time. Yeah. Um, and now, schools are still offering. Most districts are still offering meals. Do you know that? Like. Oh yeah, no. My, I see them out. Like,
0: like if I if I drive off up. on my lunch or something, I see the fucking people out there at yeah, the schools having lunch. Them now, up two days. Now, do you think this is sustainable?
1: sustainability I think is harder to predict I I have no doubt that it's going to last at least until the end of the semester yeah if possibly into mid midway until the spring semester because
0: we don't know what's going to come with the cold months we don't know how many more people are going to get sick so many more people are susceptible to getting sick in the cold months Mm -hmm. which we're in for such a fucking (laughs) whirlwind
1: a big thing about it is like parental support and that's so hard it's so hard to get parents on board for anything really like even when the kids are in school sometimes it's hard to contact the parents yeah it's hard to get them it was to, hard to before to participate things. and so now now you want them to be at, the
0: fucking principal of their own exactly. home
1: exactly they they have to help their kids get on zooms get uh things turned in they have to be watching them while they're also at home or sometimes their kids are just there with their older siblings yep or who aren't really watching them exactly and so it's It's very difficult. Because there are
0: already kids who are going to be ditchers in school. You know, you think they give a fuck about ditching Zoom?
1: Yeah. And so, um, as far as sustainability goes, I think a big part of, like, the responsibility of that is going to fall to parents. And I don't know how many of them are going to be willing to take on that responsibility. Because we've all seen the posts on Facebook where... Parents are complaining about how teachers aren't doing their jobs and they should just go back to school. Anyone complaining in this type of situation
0: is like, so what the fuck do you think is going to happen? This has never been done before. This this has never been done before on on any type of scale. This was the best of a shitty plan. Okay, everybody's at home. (laughs) Give them all a fucking GoPro.
1: Going back to school... Yes, it has its benefits, but to be honest, more teachers have quit or retired or have this died. year or have died because of all of this, because of the idea of going back to school. So many have quit and retired. We are already, like, in a, like, we have a We're lack a, of teachers. We are in an
0: educational crisis.
1: We really are. There's a lack of teachers on a good day, on a good year, and now all. Because they're being forced to go back into the classroom, and they're worried about their health.
0: And this is the only reason why I thought, man, what if taking off a, a, a year, so things like that wouldn't have happened. Everyone gets paid for this year. But oh, so, that so, never would have happened. No, no, I'm just saying, this is my, this is my idea. <laughs> that would have been amazing. We were talking about last night how until legislation starts caring more about people than economics... We're never going to move forward. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Because I know you didn't happen to grab the debate. But they talked about fracking. And how Trump's not getting rid of it. And how Biden's not getting rid of it. But both parties said they believe in science. Well, fuck! Because science says stop fracking. And both parties were like, we're going to keep doing it. And we believe in science. And so until... And and it's the same thing with teaching. They te- they still treat school as a business. Mm-hmm. So until legislation starts to care more about people and people's well being educationally, more than they care about the economics of schooling and, and having a kid's ass in the seat for taxes, it, it's the direction it's heading in doesn't seem like it like it's one that has the best interest of the student in mind.
1: Yeah. And I think another thing that, like, from, like, the, the like, top of the educational system that is causing worry right now is the idea that they're still wanting us to do the star tests.
0: Fuck off!
1: Yeah. How? How? It's... All it's going to do is harm the students further. Really and truly.
0: Now come on, that's at least some middle ground you can meet at. Okay, school's gonna be done virtually. Standardized tests can take a break. Yeah. Come on.
1: But the- no so we didn't do them last year. We didn't do them last year.
0: Then why not I fucking do them this year?
1: I don't I don't understand it. I don't know what exactly
0: Like if it's gonna last until December, that's half the year not your ass in the class and and like we said, we don't know what the world's gonna look like January first. We don't know how many more people could possibly get sick or not sick. Mm-hmm. So January January first is gonna be the day where everyone wakes the fuck up, and we either find ourselves a little better off or it's road warrior. It's it, it it's it's gonna be, and it scares me because it, it. I mean, it does and it doesn't because I'm I'm all for the fucking end of this too. At the same time, I feel like humans have fucked it up as much as we could fuck it up, and maybe we really do deserve the shitter. The other part of me sees my niece and nephew and my co- younger cousin and go, well, fuck, maybe these shitheads can do something about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I want to believe that with all their technology, they're not going to get sucked into the the, the the stream and the cloud of just not giving a fuck, of being apathetic, yeah. of being apathetic of your surroundings, uh, 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 of... Because our generation is already... If we saw the meteor, we could give a fuck.
1: But, you know, I was actually literally just today talking about about that. About how in a few years, I think our generation as parents... is going to be vastly different from the generations just right before us, even. What? And I think... <laughs> Dude, I think, yeah! I think, I think here's, the, here's what I think is going to happen... All of, the, all of the things that we see out in society today, the, the protesting and um, the calls for change, especially with people in Gen Z and, like, millennials the and Zoomers. stuff. The Zoomers. The <laughs> Zoomers, exactly. Um, I think that's going to go a great deal, and I think it's already started, um, towards changing how children are going to be raised in the future. And I don't think that they are going to live in a society that is as apathetic as ours is right now. I really don't. Um
0: but apathetic in what sense? Like because I I don't want to sound like an old stupid fuck and I don't have kids so I can't speak to it either, but I do feel like our generation is creating has created helicopter parents where we're so but also for good reason, because in the 80s and 90s, a lot of fucking kids got kidnapped. Yeah. Sex trafficking is real. Mm-hmm. Kidnappers are real. But at the same time, we have taken something away from what it meant to be a kid. Mm-hmm. 12 years old. I've been going to the St. Mary's Strip since I was 12 years old because my older brother had a fucking band. I didn't have a fucking cell phone. My parents would drop me off at 12 years old on the St. Mary's Strip and it was still gang members and fucking stupid ass uh, jean vests. And it wasn't like I was going up and down into bars, but I was getting into the bars that my brother was playing at. And I think about if I was on the strip today and I ran into my 12-year-old nephew, he might quite literally piss himself out of fear. I didn't have a phone... I didn't have a fucking car. They would drop me off and they would say, hey, and my brother couldn't do dick about me actually going or not. And I would. And I'd hang out there and I'd hang out in bars. And, and I don't know if, I, like I said, if I ran into my nephew he, and, I, and I took his fucking phone and just threw him on the street. He wouldn't he, know what to do with himself. He would probably, and it's no fault of his own. Yeah, he would start crying and a, so, a, and look for an adult to help. And <laughs> is,
1: when I say when I say that, I don't mean like my students now. I mean like quite literally, like we're twenty four, twenty six, right?
0: You're talking about in tw- in ten like in like ten it, like, years from now. Okay, I get that. Kids, I get that. I get that.
1: When these kids are in their twenties, you know what I mean?
0: I don't know, and I and I feel like you're. I feel like it's gonna go both ways, really to the left and really to the right of 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 kids being apathetic, because even my nephew came up to me uh, last a few days before New Year's of twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and he said, "Hey Pat," or he calls me Tito. Is, is this all bullshit? <laughs> He really he really said it like that. Oh my god. <laughs> and so for me I was like this is a pivotal moment. I have a really big responsibility here. This dude came to me with a real life question. I know it's a vague one but he kind of, but he said is this all kind of just is a lot of it bullshit? And I and I had two options. I could lie or I could level and I looked at him and I went, yeah, man, a lot of it's bullshit. A lot of, a lot of it is really, uh, until you find out what is it. Yeah. And he went, all right, I was just making sure. Yeah, and, and like for kids, But I like, think his exposure to the we... internet, I think that might have been where... I don't know where that came from, because even though, yes, I may have been a different kid than him at 12. I don't think I ever had that thought capacity of mm-hmm. asking an older adult who I looked up to, hey, are we just fucking around?
1: <laughs>
0: and I and I went, I can't lie to this fucker. He's going to remember this moment for a long time, whether I fucking lied to him or whether I fucking told it how it was. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, yeah, man, a lot I, of this is bullshit. I definitely think that
1: you're right about the access to the internet. Um, they... Th- they are exposed to things, even so. Where there's something taken away from them that we had, there's something given to them that we didn't have. Yeah. Um, and so we caught the tail have, end of it. We, we get we... the live, like life experience, like yeah, the stupidity of like all the <laughs> dumb, dangerous things that we were still allowed to do that they aren't and then anymore. We got and then later, when they we now they
0: were born with the phones.
1: Yes. I have, like, so they really do get exposed to so much more online that they can think about, but they don't understand the experiences behind no, cause, it. No, because
0: at his same age, like, my, my, and, and, and hey, I can't fucking tell you how to parent. You gotta, you gotta do it the way you gotta believe it. And so my sister, she's just a protective parent. That's her fucking prerogative. She wants to do to make it to 18. Mm-hmm. So he's just a little more sheltered. Whereas me, at 12, I was in a ditch with a skateboard. <laughs> with my other hoodlap friends. And they are smoking weed. And, and, and it was just a different time, man. It really, But it's just so different because my brother at 12 could have been doing the same thing I was. I.E. not at home without a phone with his friends in a ditch. And we're the same age difference as me and my nephew. Mm -hmm. So to see it flip that quick Mm -hmm. in in just one generation, that the two previous generations, even the one before I could see my dad, my dad did hang out in dishes with his friends. Three generations before to be doing the same thing, now to this new one who, no. I think
1: we're in a very, they're living in a very interesting transition period.
0: We yeah yeah yeah. Well, they think, were born and think... they were born into a very yes. interesting transition period. We caught the tail end of it becoming teenagers. Yes. The, the, the if you were born ninety three to ninety seven, you have a really weird space to navigate to because you got born, you you grew up, and then technology blew up, mm-hmm. and being in your twenties now you're, you. You feel a lot older than you should. <laughs> I, honestly,
1: sometimes I'm like, wait a second. You I mean I'm not forty? I'm, it, I'm it, not middle aged. I just feel like this.
0: Deidre, I can't. I can't tell you how happy I am that you said yes to doing this. This was a lot of fun. This is usually. I'm gonna be real with you. I do 13 minutes <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god It's been, it's been almost but an hour We've been having so much fun I didn't want to stop it I wanted to talk about you being a teacher I wanted to really dive into you being an author I feel like we got a lot of that in today I feel like we could talk about a lot more um,
1: But this is how it always happens With, with our conversations They just
0: But that's awesome like, like, I love that you and me have that capability because i don't feel like i share that with a lot of people but definitely with you like we've always been able to talk and that's something i wanted to finally like get down on recording is just us having our and see i didn't i didn't go off at all you didn't i was was very like
1: congrats we stayed away from
0: religion you guys have no
1: idea this boy and his family all of them I love them to death oh, but they will steamroll you if you let them and so sometimes oh, I just oh man I just Christmas get real quiet and I stare at them until they blink and they're like oh sorry
0: <laughs> I didn't mean to do
1: that and I'm like uh huh I know I know oh, you did it let well, everybody Let's back up.
0: <laughs> thank y'all for joining us for the fifth episode of the dark side uh we will catch you on another day another night Another time to be alive. Thank you so much Later.
1: for having me. Bye, guys.